This is the intersection of assistive, educational, and information technology. Whether it's technology for inclusive classroom learning or tools for community success, technology can promote independence and inclusive technology has become more available for everyone. Welcome to the Inclusive Technology for All podcast with your host, Mike Murata. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 75 of Inclusive Technology for All, which is scheduled to be released on May 5th, 2020, uh, continuing on our uh, journey through uh, our stay-at-home time. This week's episode has um, the audio recording of the Assistive Technology Town Hall that happened yesterday, Monday, May 4th. Uh, Good information as always with lots of uh, back and forth and resources shared and people giving some information about how they are supporting uh, students and individuals with disabilities during this uh, unique time. So I hope you enjoy, hope you're doing well, and uh, talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Again, you missed some really great conversation that happens right before we hit the record button. Uh, we learned about Karen and her yard signs. We've learned about a lot of stuff today already. Oh, Kelly's got Kelly. a lightsaber. I have assorted Star Wars toys that just sit on my desk randomly. So I think we'll be all good. As you can imagine from the slide, today is May 4th. It is the May 4th edition of our AT Town Hall. Welcome. We have a ton of people here today, which is great. Very exciting. Uh, we're looking forward to have this conversation. I, I could have made us 15 different slides of just, just animated GIFs of Star Wars, but I, I swallowed that down and only gave us a couple. Uh, just the ones that I'll be using further on when I do other presentations now, so this is good. Uh, that's me. I really wish that was me, actually. That would be awesome, but it's not. This is me. That's just me the way I want to be, but that's okay. Uh, Glad you're all here to join us today. Here's some panelists. Some are here, some are not here. Uh, some are in Star Wars garb, others are not. Um, no judgments here, it's fine. Uh, don't forget to be part of the chat and drop your questions in. Again, we're a pretty low key group, so you're welcome to turn your microphone on and just take over. Uh, we're okay with that too. Uh, your microphone or your camera or whatever you wanna do to take over, that is okay by us. We do have some resources to share and then we'll get into some conversation. So here is a, a shared Google Doc on uh, remote learning resources, bit.ly slash remote access for all. Takes you there, it's a crowdsourced document with tons of information in it, pages upon pages of information. Uh, don't forget our brand new AT Chat website. There's our web mastery people on the side there, on my side, I'm pointing to them, they're right there stacked on top of each other. Kelly and Alyssa will help you out with anything you want on that website, they told me. They're just waiting for direction and they're willing to do anything on that website. But uh, tons right. of information, all of the town halls fall, fall there. After we're done, we have a really great FAQ page where we're starting to drop some information in when people ask questions, some resources in there, so definitely check that out. atchat.info is the website. Uh, shameless plug, uh, I'm doing a grant in New, New Hampshire for their Department of Ed, and we have an AT Expo coming on May 20th. Uh, it was supposed to be live. Clearly, it's not going to be live now. So instead, it's a virtual event. Uh, so we're going to break it up into uh, 
AT presentation. So we'll have uh, speakers coming in and speaking for 25 minutes about a certain topic. We'll have EdCamp style conversations where we'll have a moderator and a kind of a discussion question that everybody can chat about. And then we'll have vendor sessions also. It is a free event, but we're asking you to register just so we can keep track of who's there and send you the password for the Zoom and all that other great stuff. So if you want to sign up, it is bit.ly slash atexpo520. And the link to the web page is on that sign up page, which will take you to the online schedule, which is slowly but surely exposing itself in its glory of finishedness. There, I'm going to turn this. There it is on the wall of my office, just so you can see it. Um, that's what exists so far. It's not totally done yet, but it, it continues to get a little more full every day. So that's exciting. All right, that was all I had before we started. But we did have to ask one question. This is key as we go through the day here. I'm not even gonna ask it, but the best Star Wars movie is? I've answered the question for you. So really anything you say is incorrect after that. But if you wanna validate my correct answer, which is Empire, Please go ahead. If not, challenge me. I dare you to. Go ahead. I'm going to have to go with you. the same one, Mike. Thank I'm you. with you. Good. So you're smart. You're wearing a Star Wars shirt. And you have the right answer. <laughs> yeah. You're, who can challenge you, Mike? You're not going to? No, you would mute us. I, I would, actually. <laughs> I actually have the ability to kick you out of the whole thing. Um, you said the wrong answer because there are wrong answers to this. And if you've ever been one of those people who starts to rank all nine of them, there's my ranking along the bottom plus the other two. So please get free. <laughs> Pick them apart. See what you think. Uh, that is the other thing I spent a lot of time this morning doing as I sat here. I'm like, hmm, how would I rank these? So what I'm saying is I got zero work done today. Um, but there you go. I got these great slides and I got my ranking of the way I think they, they fall. I'm going to have to really pick apart that ranking, Mike. I'm going to have to say this is very cool. I'm going to have to pick apart that ranking because I'm a, I'm a big fan. So go ahead. I'm going to go through that for the rest of the afternoon today. <laughs> I want, wait, I'm going to go back to it. I want you to screenshot and then challenge me. I'm game for it. I'm, not I'm totally doing this. Beyond like nine, I'm not sold on any of that. I think all of that could kind of be fluctuate, could fluctuate, but I'm pretty solid in that front half. We'll see. There might be a roundhouse kick coming your way. We'll see. Don't tempt me because I'm telling you, I, I feel pretty strongly about the first four in there. So let's see what happens. Uh, like I said before we started, I don't have any questions to lead the group today. Uh, so I very much will open it up to the whole group. Uh, you want to share a positive story from last week, something that's worked for you, whatever. The floor is yours. Have it. Well, you know, I tweeted out that I had open office hours last week and I have them again tomorrow with my, I volunteered my time in my town and there were, I wasn't sure if even one person would come. There were 57 teachers that came, which was very exciting, including the assistant superintendent who wanted to have a little bit of control, but I really like her, so it's okay. So it was really great. And we're doing follow-up tomorrow and Wednesday and I'll continue to do that weekly. So just to hear that they finally you know, that we finally could get this going was really exciting to me. That was so. great, Karen. Did you prep anything or did you just kind of let it ride? Let it go, yeah. Nice. I was what just open to whatever they wanted to talk about. Like, what did they, what did they want? Um, well, they want, they're mandated in the district to use Microsoft Teams. Okay. 
and they were really sharing their frustration with that because of course I'm not a teams person so I had to kind of step back and let the super assistant superintendent talk but we talked about you know some of the things that they could be doing but again in my district there is no actual online teaching happening so um, it was kind of walking a fine line encouraging them to start to exploring some of these tools and thinking more universal design so um, you know it was kind of like setting the stage for what we can follow up with and just showing them some things that could help them with pro productivity because they all know google docs but and they all do insert comments but they don't know about the insert audio comments feature in ReadWrite chrome extension so even showing them something as basic as that was helpful that's awesome. That's awesome. I just I just found out and installed a new Google Comments extension for audio comments. So you don't have to have read and write. It is called Mote, M-O-T-E. And it's an extension. Um, and it's free that allows you to leave audio comments. So what do you cool. see is the difference between that and um, the read and write? Voice well, read and write, you'd have to pay for. Well, it's free for teach. Premium version is free for teachers. Yeah, that's true. Always. That's true. Yeah. Just wondering. All right, no, that's true. Oh, great. I'm leaving. That's enough. No, that's that's awesome. That's true. Um, if they have it and they can leave the comments. Moat works the same way as that. Um, the person on the receiving end doesn't need to have the extension in order for those audio comments to work. Same thing with read and write. They don't, they don't need, the students don't need read and write to see the audio comments, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it's just an audio file. Yes. Yeah, it's just idea. embedded. Yeah. Yeah. Cami does that too. Let you leave audio comments. There you go. Hillary says the Cami does also. Awesome. Very cool. Karen, when you do these um, open office hours, are you going to start preparing things or are you going to just continue to just? Well, actually, two of the things that came up tomorrow, because you know I'm big on universal design and big on what can you do that you're, that's already available and free. So tomorrow um, it came up uh, about I'm going to focus on Seesaw and Flipgrid. Nice. And those are non-threatening ways for the teachers because they're still very worried, our teachers in my town, about synchronous online learning. And then mm -hmm. this is a, a less threatening way to start to, to develop some actual instruction because you can embed the, what I'm hearing from the families in my town is they want to see their teachers, their kids want to see their teachers. So with Seesaw, you can do the video. And with Flipgrid, you can do the video question. So I'm really trying to help support families as well as the teachers and especially the kids. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been, I've had three, well, I've had like three weeks worth of open office hours for the teachers I support in a school. Not as much, I've not gotten 57 people. I don't think I've gotten five people. Gotten the same five people, and that's okay. That's, um, that's fine, yeah. Um, which is which is perfect. But we've already done in that school two parent chats, three parent chats. Now that I think about it, three, um, and we're alternating like four o'clock in the afternoon, seven o'clock at night, and just offering them twice a week. Uh, and those have been awesome. And what we found is that a lot of the parents who are coming are coming just because they don't even have issues they're running into right now. They're just coming because they like being connected to the school. Um, and they've sent really nice emails to the director. Like we really feel like you're um, B 
being responsive to our needs. And we, we don't have a need right now, but we know if we did, we feel like you would actually respond in a, in a timely manner and help us. So uh, to me, it did its job because it, it built some goodwill and it opened a line of communication. Yeah, that's yeah. great, Mike. Yeah, and, and we've actually gotten to show people things that they've had on their Google account for two years now. Mm -hmm. um, people are like, we don't have that. I'm like, sure you do. You just go up there and click the button and you do. Yeah. And I had a mom say the other day, she goes, well, look at that. There it is. <laughs> look at that. There it is. We, they, everybody has snap and read. Uh, and so we did some explaining on how that worked, uh, some of the basic features of it. Tomorrow we're doing uh, Chromebook built-in accessibility features. Uh, and then Thursday, we're going to do uh, some of the deeper features of Snap and Read, the graphic organizer and stuff like that. So it's been really great. That's great. Anybody else doing open office hours in your community or in your district? And how is that working for you? Yeah, we just we just started. We had our first one. We had one. And I see Marby's on too. So Marby, chime in. Um, we had one participant and I think it was kind of by accident because she called Marby for another question <laughs> and we said hey you want to jump on teams and well it's okay um so then this week we were like how can we drum up some more business so um this week what we did was we sent out like we set our office hours to be every Wednesday afternoon so now we're going to do something on Tuesday afternoon and then hopefully like a guided we were like, we don't want to call it facilitated conversation, or we were like um, a guided conversation about AAC and distance learning and what people are doing and kind of get some sharing. Um, and it went out to, I don't know how many people, our groups, you know, some bigger groups and um, I don't know, 70 people it went out to, let's just say between 50 and 70 people. Um, because we have about 45 speech and language pathologists it went out to them and then it went out to our um, teachers for our autism classes and our life skills classes and a couple others so I don't know we're hoping it just gets some more business on Tuesday and we can share some tools and that people like will come on Wednesday to the office hours and you know kind of want to problem solve with us or I don't know just drum up some business. We're not really sure if that is going to work, but you know, maybe we have to make our office hours longer and make it like two hours. And the first hour is this guided conversation. And then the second hour is like work through the problems or like, let's do something. Let's implement together. I don't know. There's Marvie. Hi. So, um, when we put up and sent out the invite for the, um, guided, guided conversation, we immediately got RSVPs. Um, I think because it was, we sent out a specific invite instead of just saying like, here's our open office hour. I think the guided conversation is meeting a need, a, a, a identified need, which is how do you support AAC with distance learning? Um, and so people seem hungry for that. So I think maybe that having a topic might be helpful because, um, then people can relate to that and say, oh yeah, I really need help with that. Or, oh yeah, I want to hear what other people are doing. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that was one of the really positive things that came out of it too, is they could hear what each other was doing, especially where there were so many people involved. Because I always want to build capacity so they can see the experts in their own district 
absolutely somebody outside and so that was helpful too for them to hear oh okay well maybe i need it will follow up with you know my colleague in this building you know because we want to that's what we want to do we want to work ourselves out of a job right yep absolutely we keep saying you know um we have all these like ways to share information you know um through even like our board maker group, our community group. And we're like, share what you've made. We know you've made visual schedules. And people, I don't know why they're just like nervous to share or they're not sharing and, or maybe it's the platform. I'm not under, I'm not sure what the barrier is. So we're kind of trying to figure out how we can connect people. Maybe if they like see somebody else, they're like, oh yeah, they have the same job at another school or, oh yeah, I've seen them at our bigger meetings or, you know, they'll just be more willing to share, make a connection, a personal connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it, sometimes it helps to seed the group a little bit with Mm -hmm. conversations beforehand and go to people that you think might be a little more comfortable and say, hey, it would be awesome if you shared X or Y. And, and kind of work them into it a little bit. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think yeah, that helps. Yeah, teacher that was doing some great stuff, or an SLP that was doing some great stuff with low tech. And she's like, hey, can you share this? That would be great. You know, we need your idea out there. So. Yeah, I think, I think sharing starts to get other sharing kicked into mm-hmm. gear. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what happens. I go back and forth on these, whether to, to be more prepared or just more loose. And I think it's, you work towards a little bit of preparedness, I think. I think the first couple have to be incredibly loose and it's just kind of whatever people want to talk about. Um, Our first session we did, we didn't do anything except leave the cameras on and just have a conversation for 20 minutes about just what was happening. And then everybody's like, all right, I really have to go. All right, well then we'll go then. And then the next time we started talking about some stuff and then the following time someone said, can, can you show us something new? I was like, sure. Um, what kind of things do you want to see um, now that you're ready? But I think they had to work kind of like everybody else in this remote learning. They had to work towards being ready for it. Um, I think in the minute, in the beginning, it was just about connecting. And now it's like, oh, show us something else mm-hmm. and show me something new. So I think it's interesting. Are you all, are you having people register or you just have that open link for anyone just to pop in? Mine's um, open. Yeah, it's open. We had, yeah. Yeah, and then they would just RSVP to stick it on their calendar because we have to use Google. Or I'm sorry, we use uh, Microsoft Teams, mm-hmm. um, which is what our district supports. So um, it was just kind of an easy way to get the link out to everybody that we thought would be, you know. And then we said, feel free to share it with anybody else that you think yeah. would be great. They could just forward it on. So yeah. We've had pretty good luck. So we've talked about this each week, but you know, Patents has daily office hours to twice a day for one hour. And, but no, where topics are not related, but it lists which specialist is in that hour. So mm-hmm. say, oh, Kelly's banning this afternoon and she's a specialist dyslexia or autism. So you'll have people come in. But um, I like the idea as well as having something um, maybe like Kelly will be in the hour and she's going to do this today or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. I did have someone show up in the office hour and he came on, he turned his camera on and I was just staring at him. And he said, so, and I was like, Hey, how, you know, how are you? He goes, so what's this session about? I was like, well, would you like me to sing? I could dance. Like (laughs) he was completely confused. He was a teacher in a local district and I got him through a lot of questions, but um, that was, that was been, that was pretty funny this That's last week. <laughs> it became, it came a showdown. <laughs> just stare at each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I'm I, trying I, to I'm trying to tackle it from two different angles. So I've got our weekly kind of OTPT. I feel like it's a support group more than it's a. Uh, I, I feel like it's turned into a support group, which is not necessarily a bad thing. So we've gotten over the whatever phase one and phase two are, and they are smoothly doing tons of teletherapy, and it's really just tweaking in questions. And my favorite part of the meeting is share what's been successful and share what is what I call an epic fail that's a learned oppor learning opportunity. And so they, they're, they're, there are 19 of them. So it's kind of a small group. They know each other. We've met in person monthly, but we're meeting weekly. And I keep asking, do you want to meet? Yes, they absolutely want to meet every week. So that's turned more into an open forum support group with a couple questions thrown in. And then sometimes say, oh, can I set up an individual meeting with you to go over Jamboard more? Or, you know, can I, you know, set up? And then if it's like five people asking, I'm like, okay, I'm going to set up one meeting and we're going to go through it all together. So I've got therapists on that end and then during the month of May um, the SLP that works with me doing AAC support um, she and I are setting up a series of parent trainings um, with we have an ESC PTA within our school district so they they actually had me come out and go to the library and do a big gigantic kind of continuum of AT training and I told them, you know, in the month of May, we'll be offering, this is long before any of this happened, we'll be offering some more in-depth trainings. And so our in-depth trainings obviously have, you know, have shifted to, to virtual, but we're going to kind of, like Mike has been doing, alter the time, alter the mm -hmm. day of the week, you know, to try to kind of gather and then record all of them so that, you know, if a parent wants to watch it at two in the morning, they can watch it at two in the morning, you know, to try to give them some, some options. Um, but that's that's kind of a on my plate for May scenario now that we're on the other side of whatever phase two is. Mm -hmm. When is everyone wrapping up? Because here in Oklahoma, schools had to continue some form of learning till May 8th, but they have the option of closing May 15th. Some districts, this will be their last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's really very thought for me. Um, and we don't come back until um, August 24th. Some of them don't come back till August 24th. Some come back the week of August 17th. So it's like we're ending two to three weeks early. Oh, wow. So our traditional school is ending on the Friday of Memorial Day week. So we, we are off Memorial Day and then we're in school Tuesday through Friday. That's not changing, but then we jump right into our extended school year services. So you know, uh, most of the kids and teachers and whoever I've been supporting will continue working through most of the month of June. Um, and then we're back in August. But that's yeah, just as, as far as I know here, we're supposed to go to the end of June and we haven't even our governor hasn't officially closed schools for the rest of the year yet. Um, so that comment that decision wow. might not come for another couple weeks still. Um, so at this point, schools are rolling with the thought that they're going to go until the end of June, like the last week in June, I think. Wow, Indiana is about the same as you, Tiffany. M many of the schools are May 8th. May 8th is the last week. Um, Rachel, I don't know if you could pipe in when your school district is ending, but I feel like it's pretty close. Early May. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We have, we have six school districts, Rachel, and um, they're all ending different 
on different dates because um, our governor gave us the waiver days and they're all using them so differently. Mm -hmm. But as a staff member, I have to continue to go through my regular contract. So, and we're not using any of the waiver days um, through the co-op. So yeah, but they're so, all like, different. <laughs> too. Our teachers are still supposed to be available. So I'm hoping that there's going to be some PD that's going to happen, but I'm not hearing that happening. So it makes me really nervous. Yeah, I don't think Florida got any waiver days. <laughs> Indiana, we received 20 waiver days. Hmm. So some, yeah, so like Rachel said, not all school districts are using them all. I know that some are maybe using 10 or 15, but not all 20. Well, and we've been using them to supplement our e-learning. Um, like my daughter's district is really, does a really great job with e-learning and they have um, school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then they can take a day to turn in things. So we basically just do mornings all week with her. Can I ask everybody a question on those open office hours? It, it popped in my head when I heard people starting to do it. Um, and I forget who just said they, they record them. Maybe it was Alyssa. Um, are people recording those? Or are you just kind of letting them go? out into the ether, never to be seen or heard from again. Just curious. Um, so I do not record. We do not record ours. Yeah, I don't record mine either. What do you I'm, do? I'm not recording. Uh, I do three a week, one's for one district and two are for the other. And we do one afternoon, one morning for folks. And they've been pretty well attended uh, with the range from uh, therapists, teachers, and uh, the, the most interesting group for me has been working with some of the instructional assistants mm -hmm. who are about as non-technical a couple of them. One guy, if I needed a motor rebuilt, he would be the first one to tell you that's more. But teaching people how to do a basic Google search so they can search for videos instead of yeah. job postings. Uh, uh, <clears throat> what I find the best about the, the, uh, the support is it gives me a feel for what's going on, for what people are doing and what they need. And we often end up making screencast videos to explain something like we had a whole rash of seesaw questions because they're probably phasing it in more and uh, showing folks uh, how to get content into the community library or how to um, copy and edit uh, was a big topic uh, just one week. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I'm doing it too. And I saw Sarah said too, they did a, a training that was focused on Seesaw and they did record that. And that makes sense to me too. Um, but I'm doing the same thing, Bruce. I'm, if things come up in conversation and it's kind of task directed on how to run something, I'll make a screencast of it and just drop it up in a folder for us so people can look at it. Um, but yeah, I haven't been recording those. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes we get off on some weird paths <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I don't think anybody wants that recorded. Let's just let that ride. Yeah, Mike, I record our weekly OTPT meetings because I have therapists that have teletherapy scheduled during that time. Yeah. And often, you know, it is just everybody catching up, but I don't want them to miss that collegiality opportunity, even if they're watching it later. Um, and then what I will be recording is not any like informal parent office hours, but the formal, like I'm going to do an in-depth snap and read training for parents. And I am going to record that so that a parent could watch it when they have the opportunity to. Yeah. But the open office hours that are just come, ask questions, we'll try to help you out. I'm not recording those. Yeah. And especially parent ones too. And I, I was 
a little worried because the uh, people were like, well, you should record this so other parents can look. And I was like, I don't know. But then there's parents on the side and I see people's names and I just, I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable with that. I'd rather, I, I wrote a bunch of notes as we were doing the parent meeting on things people had asked questions about. And then I recorded a screencast after that answering some of those questions. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh, that feels like it's probably good. And I think that's like a good needs assessment, you know, because you can kind of see what questions people are asking during the office hours and then make follow up either videos or, you know, conversation that's a little more streamlined. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you all have the, so when you have participants join in, do you have the waiting room enabled where you just have one person come in at a time and answer their questions and then they leave or you just have it, they can just come in? We just have it come in so everybody can come in. Come in. Yeah. And, and, and the way, and I like that idea though, see, we're, we're using Google meet. So that's what the school wants to use. So it's really just, here's the link and we'll be mm -hmm. here for this chunk of time. Um, I kind of like the office, the, the waiting room idea. I, Cause then you could, in theory, you could record each of those and then share that video with that person. Mm hmm Right, you could you could hit record could. and when they're done, you hit stop and it's going to make that little chunk of video, and then hit record again when the next person comes in. Mm -hmm. Well, I kind of like that. In our district, um, like Lauren said, we're not um, we're when that's being used is with in IP meetings with parents. So if it's um, in house, if it's an in house meeting on Teams, it's it's more open. But if it's a meeting with families, then the the families are in the lobby or waiting room. And then when the re meeting's officially ready to start, then they can come in. Um, and that was a learning curve because at the very beginning of us using Teams, that wasn't happening. And there were some challenges. In fact, um, there was even some reports that um, some families were using Teams to record the meeting, um, but staff didn't have the knowledge to recognize that at first or to know. And so, um, you know, there's all those, those little bumps along the way as we learn these new things. Yeah. So I have a basic question. What's the difference between Teams, Meet, Google Meet, and Zoom? Uh, I know like some of, uh, one of the things I know Zoom and Meet, I mean, Zoom and Teams, you can give remote control, which is really important for one-to-one -one access. Mm -hmm. But with Teams, you can only see four faces at a time, which is a challenge what's the difference between all three of them? Does anyone know? Because I don't know Google Meet at all. So from Google's Meet, Google Meet perspective, it doesn't have that interactivity, like that give remote control. And we've worked around that with Jamboard. Um, so we will have students who, um, we have a lot of our SLPs are doing their group therapy through Meet um, and they want interactivity still. So they're building out Jamboards um, or they're having the, the student tell them which one, especially our littles, we can kind of go, it's magic. When you just say out loud, which one you're choosing, it will choose. And of course the therapist is on the other end clicking. But um, you know, you, with littles, you can do that and kind of trick them. The older kids, not so much. But Jamboard, we've definitely used to, to work around. Um, and then we have another therapy platform specifically. Um, so. Um, Sarah's saying, yeah, you can use Chrome remote control, remote desktop if your district allows it. Mine does not. Um, so yeah, you have to be on a PC or, or a Mac to do that. It doesn't work on a Chromebook, but um, 
you can, you can, there are some ways around it. Um, when we started out, we were a no Zoom district and then slowly some allowances for Zoom came in. Um, but really the biggest, the biggest thing is that remote control kind of function between them. You know, if you were to pair up, you know, them side by side and there are some comparisons, I think, I think Kelly put one in the box, yeah. you know, and I think, yeah, Lauren has done a comparison at some point of what the differences are. It's really like, it's about like everything we do in AT, it's about thinking, what do we, what do we want them to do? What tasks do we want them to do? And then what tool is the right tool? You know, because there are some kids for which you know, the, the, you know, interactivity is not something they need and they really need the meet, you know, the, the ability to see their peers faces and do an Arctic, you know, lesson. So it's about thinking about the task and then thinking about the tool. Yeah. Why, Alyssa, why did your school finally release their restriction on Zoom? What, what made them do that? Um, I think some, and it's not like super released. It's very awkward and weird. Um, I think some of the improvements Zoom made helped. Um, but they also enabled some controls on our end, like we have to use the waiting room, we have to require a password to get in, we have to, um, and, and I think honestly, they knew that there were teachers that were using it with a non-school board email address. Yeah. And they were using it before they even made a decision, don't use it. So I think this was their way of trying to kind of gather everybody using and have and knowing that because we're all not on a school campus and we're not using their internet, there's no way to control, you know, um, how to how to utilize it. Yeah, it's finding a little happy medium there. Like we kind of right. know you're using it anyway, but if you're gonna use it, do this. Yeah, use it under under your your school board login so that there's some preset protections yeah. and those kinds of things so that we don't have some of the issues other districts in our state have had. Um, but we're not using it for teletherapy. I'm not using it for my AT services and my SLPs, OTs, and PTs are not using it. Hmm. Interesting. When I think of Meet, I, I wish that the caption feature of Meet would go to all these other tools because it is probably the coolest feature. Mm -hmm. Um, where it knows who's speaking at each time and then puts that caption in. It is the best. And I don't we know this. We use that during that. IEP meetings because our IEP meetings are in Meet and that's been super helpful for us. We've even had parents that said, like, I like coming face to face, but if I can continue to have captions like this, I mean, if they needed the captions, yeah. can we just do our meetings like this next year? Yeah, for sure. And the Teams has captioning, but not individually identified. Thank you. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't know, and because we have a um, we have a staff member who's deaf and uses the captions, and some every once in a while he loses the thread and has to say who is speaking right now, um, because mm -hmm. it's just kind of everywhere. It's a, mm -hmm. we, we've installed into our Zoom this uh, the Rev captions, which is mm -hmm. which we're trying out on a beta, which seems pretty cool because it does stream them automatically um, through your captions button, uh, which looks pretty nice. It's still auto-generated so it's probably not much different than what you're seeing from the google slide right now uh, but it's it's something so we're definitely there's an extension mic so that you can get the transcript from google captions it's pass it to and what's it, pull what's the it captions. pass it tac i'll put it in the chat it's okay awesome talk right now Tacit iq and what it is it's a free extension and it links to your google account so when you're running your meet you run the captions at the end of it, you click on it and you need a transcript and you can choose your format. And one of the formats, which I love is Google Docs. 
So now you have a completely accessible transcript that's marked by speaker and it literally just pulls the captions from your meet into a transcript, which is another accessibility. And I think it's pretty slick and it does really well with the multiple speakers because it's running the caption and then so I'll stick that in the chat, but it's, it's, it's cool. I like it. Awesome. That's very cool. I'll play with that. Yeah, that, that is cool. Because uh, we're, we're constantly trying to figure out, I know for our staff meetings we're doing at, uh, at my AT Act project, we're running Meet, uh, we're running Zoom, I mean, and I open up Otter in my screen and I just share my screen and then it just runs the whole time. So that's basically what everybody sees the whole time and it's just running the Otter AI, which mm -hmm. also works well. They're all kind of working about the same. Um, microphones matter, Set environmental noise matters. I mean, all those things matter when you get good or bad results there. I can give some feedback on the rev. So we've been trying that as well. And so we, we had a participant who was deaf, but we also still had the captioner, mm -hmm. but our participant was just going to try out the rev captions. She said, I would have had no idea what you all were saying with those. So <laughs> that was pretty direct feedback. And yeah, so the rev doesn't seem as, I feel like for some reason that even on your Google slides is better than the rev captions. So maybe they'll improve that. Yeah, I, I was watching, uh, we had a, a meeting and I was watching the rev captions at the bottom of the screen and the slide caption at the top. And I was just trying to just, my incredibly scientific um, <laughs> thing there. Um, and, and the slides seemed better. It was certainly faster. Um, and that was one of the things I had with the rev is it took it a little while to catch up. And then I, I lost kind of a thread at times and I wasn't quite sure what was happening. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't do great the whole time. Uh, and, and I think, you know, like anything else, the, the rev is capturing from everyone's microphone they're speaking in. Uh, so again, if your microphone's junky, your microphone's junky, what's it going to do? Um, you know, I, I don't know how many of us have an external mic right now plugged into our computer. Um, uh, but I, most of us tend to use, or most people tend to use their laptop or their computer, whatever microphone's in it. And it's not the best microphone in the world. And that's part of the problem a lot of times. So. Speaking on that, I found out the other day that there's a way of turning up the, re the sound ability of your microphone on its own gradual bar in Windows versus having just your regular volume button changing it. Makes a world of difference with loud classrooms. Imagine all these features we're learning about, right? We're diving into our computers, but yeah, yeah, there are, you know, when we think about some, some quick, easy solutions for people, that could be one of the first ones. Hey, go into your settings and is your mic turned up? It, maybe it is, maybe it's not. And so we'll get a chance to do that. Yeah, I think that's great, Tiffany. It's a good point. Oh, Hillary, thank you. I saw, and I did see this, Hillary. You know what's funny? Now you're going to laugh at me. This is my perfect example. I downloaded that extension the other day and I've yet to play with it. But I see it pop up every time I open up Google Meet. All right, cool. So now I'll play with it. Now that I've, I've gotten a secondary uh, suggestion, I'll look. I think because you said it, Hillary, actually, I think, on Twitter. Doesn't that happen a lot? You say, does anyone have an extension that will do this? And then you go to put it on there and it says already added to your Chrome. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> it says rate it. Oh, all right. <laughs> Let me start playing with it and then I will rate it. In <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of things that happen on Twitter, um, so um, 
I am dropping in the chat box. If you guys have not, oh, I just sent that to Bruce. Hold on, let me send it to everybody. <laughs> well, Bruce, share it with everybody else. Come on. I just resent it to everybody. Um, if you have not had a chance to fill out the doodle and you are interested in attending what is probably now going to be a two-part ergonomics in telework times seminar, um, not necessarily just me, me and Judy Schoonover who are going to um, kind of co-do it. We've been working on it over the weekend. Um, it's looking like, based on what is in the doodle right now, it's going to be Friday mid-morning, like 11-ish. That's kind of like the most popular time, but we are going to record it so that if you cannot make it, um, you can go back and see it. Um, one of those casualties of being in AT chat is, hey, do this. Okay. <laughs> well, so what you get when you put two OTs together, you think, let's, let's present about ergonomics. So um, it's coming together. My guess is it will be Friday at 11 unless something drastic changes in the next day or two. Judy's in the process of moving between Virginia and Michigan. So she uh, is, she's like, I think I can do it. Just let me know because I'll plan my move around when we do it. And I'm like, whoa, you tell me when you can do it and then we'll make it work. So um, as, as soon as she confirms that that works for her schedule, that's probably what we will do. We'll Thanks for doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. You good. have an example on what not to do in your Twitter inbox. <laughs> bring it up. I, I got I got Hillary's picture of her it's current economic setup. Um, if anybody else wants to DM or email me pictures that you want us to kind of pick apart and look at and offer some suggestions to, oh, you're welcome to do that. Um, Hillary's is a particularly fantastic example. Um, <laughs> I won't spoil why, but um, it's a particularly fantastic one. So if you have a home working scenario that's not working for you, um, or one that you just need a couple of tweaks or suggestions for, um, feel free to send me that picture and we're gonna do like mini case study, kind of break it down for a couple of scenarios. <laughs> or as I'm hunched over right now. Up. Yeah, you know, you see, as soon as I start talking about ergonomics, everybody's like, exactly. Yeah. They, they do the quick like, how can I position myself so it looks like everything is perfectly ergonomic? First week working at, at home, I went to the office and brought my chair. At a girl. Yep. That's one of the first. Was not going to survive in a folding chair for an infinite amount of time. Yep. Yep. That chair is super critical. But Alyssa brought up AT chat and Mike, don't we have something really different happening this Wednesday night during AT chat? Such a plan. What I hear, Kelly. Thanks, Karen. Kelly. I think we do, and Kelly should tell us about it. Yeah. This is yeah. such a needed diversion. <laughs> yeah. So uh, something else that transpired from <laughs> transpired from last week's chat as everyone was getting volunteered for things. Um, I was one of the casualties as well. But um, <laughs> so now, in a good way. Yeah. On Wednesday at um, the AT chat is going to be completely out of the box. I'll have some guided questions that you won't expect and I won't share them. And we're just going to be like sitting around a campfire. If you haven't seen on the chat yet, I've made our bitmojis in a relaxed way. So if you want to add yours on there for a visual representation of the fun we're going to have for that hour, <laughs> go ahead and uh, message me your bitmoji. Um, which will be fun. But I think that hour is, it was such a great idea. And I'm, I'm so glad that Karen was like, yeah, let's do this. Because last week, it just seemed like many people were overwhelmed and being very vocal about it. So I think it was definitely time 
for the group of us to get together and just have a complete distraction and we'll have rules. There are rules to the AT chat that you must follow or things happen to you. So um, <laughs> um, it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. That was so ominous. There are rules and things will happen to you. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I think we're supposed to encourage people to participate in AT chat and not scare the tar out of them. Oh no, you will want right. to be there. You will want to be there. It'd be fun. I was very thrilled when I did my Aldi pickup order yesterday that all of the materials for s'mores were available. <laughs> this is good stuff. And I'm adding all of that. We now have s'mores in our little visual here. Nice. So we're updating it based on all conversations we're having between now and Wednesday. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like I missed an opportunity to put that picture into a slide somewhere so we could see it. I know I was too busy dumping Star Wars pictures. I couldn't even think of it. I'm looking forward to it. I was one of the overwhelms as Karen told everybody. Mm -hmm. That was my seven Zoom meeting day. And I was like, no, nah, I can't. I got to just sit quietly and See just- what you missed? See, by not attending, but this is a great outcome. So you're implying that I'm holding the group back is what you're implying, <laughs> Karen. <laughs> Never yeah, mind. No, Share the word. Um, start tagging people, you know, and it would be fun if we got more people in the ed tech yeah. world, not just, you know, assistive tech, just to kind of have an evening of just nonsense kind of laugh. Yeah. Just, that's it. Just, you know, there's the rule of you cannot speak about work at all. That's the only rule that we have. And um, I say we, but I guess I am leading it. I don't mean we, like it's just me. It's all of us. <laughs> um, but it'll be fun. So what Kelly's saying is if you talk about work, there will be consequences. There will be a penalty there of some sort. <laughs> oh, as we, as we start to wind down to our last 10 minutes, anybody have another topic you'd like to chat about? There was, there's one thing. Did everybody see what Microsoft is doing in terms of special ed and accessibility? They, they have, they rolled out this new um, one page, one, one website. And then they also just today, I guess, or yesterday, announced. Um, shared um their playlist of youtube videos mm -hmm. so i'm putting oh, no i was going to put that link i also do have to go to a meeting but uh, i just do want to make i mean microsoft yeah they're late to the game but you know what they're doing some really good stuff for us um here's their playlist of their tools and um quick short youtube videos and then also has everybody seen the special ed website honey <laughs> he needed some ice. Let him get his ice. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's just trying to make his way through the day, man. <laughs> so you did hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let him get his ice now before my IEP meeting at one. So, uh. he's <laughs> dying of thirst. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, so I'll see. I got to get going. I want to just do a couple things before this IEP meeting. But it was great seeing everybody. Can't wait to see you all Wednesday night too. Thanks, Karen. Okay. Oh, Have fun. Get your ice. I just put a link in the chat that um, the National OT Association has some really good resources for practitioner well-being. Um, there, this little slide deck is really, really good. I shared it with a lot of my coworkers already, and they have some specific information about ergonomics also. So I, it, right now, that information is all free to. Um, anybody it's not um just for aota members um so i put the link there and it's probably worth um 
probably worth checking out for people or sharing out to other people who you know um, might find it useful. Awesome. A lot of those resources will absolutely be folded in. Um, I know Judy actually did a training years and years ago at AOTA on um, that, that we're kind of using some of the slides, materials, and such from. Mm -hmm. so, um, but yeah, AOTA has done a great job of trying to trying to get out the word of how do you how do you incorporate ergonomics, knowing that a lot of us kind of got shoved into this work from home thing and didn't necessarily have the right setup. They're also um, in that slide deck about practitioner well-being they also do a really good job um, addressing the um, mental health aspect of this change and um, it's it's the ergonomics is really important the mental health part i think is equally important yeah i agree oh that's awesome thank you for sharing that that's great i also dropped in the chat that karen was mentioned at microsoft they're also doing their ability summit at the end of this month, May 27th and 28th, it's free and it's online. Um, the, oh, I could even give you the website too. I just, I tried to look it up on another device because I was showing my screen and I didn't want you guys to see me type. So I did it on another screen. There you go, there's the link to sign up. Um, but it looks pretty good. Um, so interesting stuff about Microsoft products, some keynotes and things like that. I don't know. But the free event, jump all over it. Cool. Anybody else? Anything else we want to share? Or do we want to stop early? Let's gather. Uh, I have something real quick. I've been listening to a podcast from Extraordinary from Ed Trust for the last couple of years. That this is the, They were doing season two. They go to different districts and figure out what they've done to turn the schools around. And they started a couple of weeks ago doing Extraordinary districts and then Unordinary Time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm dropping that in there, but it's different. It's different parts of the U.S. and what they're doing to make sure kids are getting technology, not getting technology. And it's kind of interesting to hear how everyone across the U.S. is doing it. It's kind of, and they're like 30 minute podcasts. So oh, that's interesting. That's great. Cool. Thank you. I'll add that to my list. And then I'll go sit in my car in the driveway and listen to it. <laughs> I was going to say, if only I were driving someplace that I could actually listen to it. <laughs> we did mention this, this we mentioned this idea of having backdrops that had us driving. And I want you guys to know I did find one. But if I put it on, it's incredibly distracting. And it's really, it might make you throw up. So I'm not going to put it on. It's much too fast. And there's a lot happening. It's just not good. <laughs> Because Yoda is not distracting at all. I find that to be great. This might be my keeper now. I like it. It's got I think action. it's pretty much what Sarah's little one is staring at going, what? The oh, I didn't realize I was impacting wow. a small child. That's upsetting, but I'll get over it. Mom's meetings are so cool. <laughs> okay, guys, I got to crowdsource and ask you. So I... Um, I'm on the steering committee and the program committee for the Clinical AAC Research Conference. And we're working on um, the conference is gonna be, it's supposed to be in um, October in Pittsburgh. But I'm just trying to put the feelers out there. Like October is very nebulous. Like what's, we don't know what's coming, but I don't know. What are people doing when they're planning conferences? Like, are they just, should we just go to an online format? Um, they're very, the, the group is a little bit more traditional and I kind of push the boundaries of everybody. Um, 
Chris had agreed to do um, lead an ed camp with me on one of the days and just, they were like, okay, so Lauren's going to lead ed camp. And, and they were like, so Lauren, what topic are you going to talk about for ed camp? I was like, this is not really how it works. So you're just a little more traditional in that way. Um, and I don't know if I would like blow their minds saying like, should we, should we consider maybe moving our conference to online? But what do you guys think? I know two major conferences that have already determined that they will be online for October and November. Okay. And one of them that is at the moment not saying that they're going online because they would lose all the money that would be potentially returned to them if they wait until August to make that decision. Yeah. Some places have been, the contract, the way it's written at the hotel and organization and the convention center, if they cancel before August, they're like, you're forfeiting all your money to us because you can't really say that this is going to be around. And that's most the other two contracts. have yeah. the facilities on their own campuses and they're like, mm, yeah, nope, we're not bringing extra people under our campus. Yeah. Well, that's like what took AOTA for, yeah, that's what took AOTA forever to cancel was they were waiting for whatever clause was in their contract to then say, mm -hmm. we're going to get reimbursed for all this under our insurance. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. October just seems too close to like think everyone, everything's going to be so enough normal that like. Yeah. Well, I think it would be a nice way for us. Like we've had, we haven't had the participation that we need, I think. And um, I've been working a lot to build more of the bridge between practitioners and researchers for that conference. And so I thought EdCamp would be a nice way. Um, also featuring like an excellence in practitioners, um, implementing the, you know, implementing an evidence-based strategy. That would be a nice, so anyway, we've been working on this anyhow. And um, the conference doesn't really it's not like a big money maker. We pretty much break even, you know? So if we used an online format, I don't think, especially for one year, and maybe we would get some more interest in the conference. Um, and I don't know. We're hosting an online thing here in Oklahoma with the Reading League. And at our first event, we had 100 people and we've got like 500 registered in less than two weeks. Wow. Okay. So online seems to be getting a lot more participation yeah. than, and I also, there was another conference that I was watching and they said, you guys have blown this up. We were expecting 250 people here. And instead we've got over a thousand participants. And I'm like, good gracious. Um, My other question is like, well, what if that happens then? Like I have to figure out what platform and then like, who's going to do the whole, like you're going into this room and here's the Slack for this. And like, it's not AAC in the cloud where it could be like so big and with like multiple, I don't know. I, I haven't done that before. I mean, maybe I could learn that by October. Well, but like I would reach out to Brian. I'm sure Brian would tell you, here's how we did it. Here's what we used. Um, you know, I, Brian Whitmer is probably the most giving AAC guy I know. I mean, so I'm sure he would help you and say, here's how we, you know, we did this um, and help you with that stuff. But I know, you know, yeah, it does add an, another layer of, you know, logistics in terms of having a moderator for each room and having, you know, things that you wouldn't necessarily need in a in-person conference. Yeah. And the other thing too, is if your group is more traditional in their thought process of a conference, I don't know how much you can you can assume they're going to be able to help with a virtual conference. They might yeah. not even be able to get into a virtual conference. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're going to need a different kind of group helping. Yeah. 
I think it would, we would maybe get some more presenters, some different, I mean, it could shake things up the way I think, I don't know, the way I think that things need to go. So there is that positive. That's like me overlaying my personal opinion. (laughs) There is a positive of virtual. I mean, for this New Hampshire expo that I've been plugging, um, last year we did it live and we had to rely on people who were close regionally to come. Well, now it's virtual and I was able to reach out to bunches of friends, many of them on this on this call right now, and say, hey, can you spare 25 minutes at whatever time works for you during the day um, and we'll drop you in the schedule. And it has kind of an Ed Campy feel to it. Um, and it is a conference. Now we're not charging anybody for it. Um, and, and, it and it's gonna be a lot to manage, uh, but I don't think I'm particularly scared of, of managing a virtual conference. And so if the people are scared that you're working with, that would be a concern. I would make sure, or maybe give them small jobs. Manage registration, manage this, do, you know what I mean? There's things that people could do. Yeah, and I think like the good thing is that, I don't know, um, most are university folks, so they have labs of students and you know, graduates, undergrad graduate students, PhD students who might feel more comfortable and it would be a way that the students could support the conference um, if they're not yet ready to do a poster, I don't know. I'm trying to like imagine like, well, what would poster sessions be like in a virtual format? What would, I don't really know. The poster so, sessions could be like a Flipgrid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's where you have your big thing and everybody comes through and comments about it. And we've, yes. there was even some discussion um, about doing a Flipgrid ed camp so people could have their topics and then come in and hit things, but we haven't gone very far on that conversation. Yeah. I like that idea. That's a great idea, actually, um, where it's just kind of a crop. It could be across a period of time. Mm-hmm. Our ed camp happens for most of a week and you just drop in and you add comments, watch everybody else's. Um, not a bad idea. Yeah, the asynchronous nature would be nice. I think some people would be like, it has to be synchronous, but I actually think that we have more access and more people would participate if it was asynchronous. Yeah. Well, and I think like there's that. a way that you can do both. Yes. You know, you can still kind of meet the needs of somebody who's saying it needs to be synchronous, you know, and then still have asynchronous elements to it so that it Yeah, here's a lot of time yeah. someone's running that someone's running that flip grid, but then you leave the flip grid open the rest of the week so that other people can continue adding to it. Yeah. Or you think about recording part of your presentation that is more of the traditional presentation and make that an, an asynchronous module. And then you schedule these little short conversation times, which have more of an ed camp feel to them, but it's the interaction you would have done if you were in person. It's yeah, I love, yeah, I love that program. where it's like kind of a flipped classroom, like it's exactly a flipped, yeah. It's not and you can you can screen record on Flipgrid, so you could even have portions of your session in Flipgrid and really do, and have that asynchronous part too to kind of reference people for certain parts for certain prompts. The screen recording is amazing and it's very accessible. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I think there's ways you could do that. But yeah, I start to look at these presentations, anything longer than like a half hour. Um, like if you, you look for some way to flip it a little bit and give people some time to play. So I, I'm, I'm in the process today of working on a, a full day training that was supposed to happen today, um, clearly not, um, but it was supposed to be live. And so instead I'm gonna record the modules all week, whenever I have time, put them all up, 
and I'm going to give people 10 days to kind of go through them at their own pace with some activities. And then we're going to get together as a group for two 45 minute sessions sometime that week where we can do it synchronously and talk about them, go through some of the activities they worked on and answer any questions. And so kind of trying to flip it that way. Hopefully it works. We'll see. So I know I have like awesome people who love to volunteer. <laughs> I might be reaching out to some of you guys. Notice Kelly and I have kept our mouths shut. <laughs> Notice you guys are so quiet. <laughs> oh my God. Kelly went as far as to turn her microphone off. That's impressive. <laughs> Something's not working on Kelly's end. I don't know. It's a tech problem. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, and, and, and I know we're recording, but it's, it's just an idea um, because it's really, you know, it's really just in the beginning phases. We've sort of even petered off in our meetings. We were meeting every, oh, I don't know, three or so weeks, and then we just, we haven't met in like six weeks. And so, because um, people were all over and everybody was moving their courses to online and you know, some people were sick and others were supporting people who were sick. So I think we're finally like ready to talk again, but I'm, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous about bringing the idea because they kind of already see me as a little too progressive-y. <laughs> um, I'm pushing the envelope and I know I am, but um, it's the only way that the conference won't die. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because otherwise, yeah, otherwise you're going to have to go, go, go to 2021 at this point. Right. Yeah, there might not be a real, an, there might not be another option except not do it. And so, yeah. if the option is do it or don't do it, and yeah. planning for it now versus waiting until August or September to plan for it, you've got plenty of time to work through some kinks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Oh, you're welcome. That sounds fun. Keep us updated on that. Yeah, Listen, I definitely Kelly will. would like to volunteer for that. So you let them call know. For, call for sessions is open. You could do your own <laughs> poster. Um, yeah, we, I, I really tried to, um, to show them that we need to have more practitioner participation, that if you're calling it a clinical AAC conference, it's not just a research conference yeah. in clinics that we really have to, you know, kind of broaden a little bit more and which is good. I, and they were very open to that idea and um, seeing it as a bridge. And it was interesting because the conference is going to be in Pittsburgh and the, um, the image that they kept putting on the top of the call for papers was this like bridge because in Pittsburgh is the three rivers coming yeah. together. And so they kept putting this bridge and I was like, well, what about like bridging the relationship? They're like, oh, that's such a good idea. So our new theme is like bridging. So um, I think- I You use their own logo against them. Nicely done. Well done. <laughs> I, I approve of that. That's for sure. Uh, Sarah, Sarah dropped in the box if you will put the link to the conference in the chat. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Very good. All right. As we wrap up now, we went three minutes long, you guys. What are we going to do with ourselves? No, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, that was good. That was a good conversation. Um, other last thoughts before we go? No, hopefully later today I will send out a little graphic with the final, final information. I've gotten some emails from Judy today while we were in this discussion. So um, hopefully we will confirm and send it out, but um, hopefully you can hold your Friday mid midday and come hang out with us. I am holding my Friday midday. And be there on Wednesday night at eight o'clock for AT chat. Yes. Be there. We have no idea what it's going to be like. <laughs> I may be late. I have a drive-by birthday party for my niece and nephew. 
fun. That's fun. Either that or I let my teenager drive me. What could go wrong there? That sounds perfect. There's <laughs> <laughs> right, less everybody. people on the road, you know? Yeah, it's fine. All right, guys. Well, have a good rest of the day. And we'll talk to you hopefully on AT Chat. And if not, we'll talk to you on Monday. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. The force be with you. Right on. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) We need to have that music to play out. Oh, put it, fire it up real fast. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) It's more like May the Schwartz be. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Do you have an idea for a future episode? Leave an audio message via SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com slash ITS podcast with your suggestion. It may appear on an upcoming episode. To stay current on all things inclusive and assistive technology, follow Mike on Twitter at MMATP and visit his website at MMATP.com for inclusive technology resources and all the previous podcast episodes.